Hey there, Webmasters listeners, this is Aaron. It's the week between Christmas and New Year's 2021, so it didn't seem like a great time to put out a full new episode of Webmasters. Lots of people are traveling, spending time with family, not really listening to podcasts. But we still wanted to share something with you, so that's what I'm doing here. It's kind of an extension of the next full episode we plan to release in the start of the new year. We've got a great episode coming. It features Jacob Lodwick, founder of Vimeo. During my conversation with Jake, he told an incredible story about the invention of the now ubiquitous like button, which was apparently an innovation first launched by Vimeo. Unfortunately, the story didn't quite fit into the broader narrative about the growth of Vimeo, but it's such an interesting story, particularly in relation to the history of the internet, that I felt like I had to share it. So yeah, here it is. As a little holiday bonus, it's the story of the invention of the like button as told by Vimeo founder Jacob Lodwick. Enjoy, and we'll be back next week with the full episode featuring Jake and Vimeo. I definitely want to tell you about the origin of the like button. I don't know if your research showed you that Vimeo was the first platform to have a like button, but I'm happy to talk about that if you want to hear that. Absolutely. Yes, please tell us. So early Vimeo being very heavily inspired by Flickr, we adapted a few of the Flickr features, one of which was you could favorite a video on Vimeo. And this meant we had a basic mechanism for people to sort of keep track of videos they liked, see which videos had some sort of popularity to them. But the problem was the word favorite implied something sort of heavy and definitive. If I were to ask you, what music have you listened to today? You might be slightly embarrassed if you're like doing a Backstreet Boys retro playlist, but it's a pretty easy question to answer. Oh, I listened to Backstreet Boys today. I was listening to Michael Jackson today. I was listening to Young Thug today. But if I said, hey, who's your favorite artist? Suddenly it's like, oh, I don't know. Like, even if I asked you, what are your 10 favorite albums? Like, you're going to skew towards something like Nas's classic Illmatic because everyone agrees that's a fantastic album. But there might be another album you actually prefer. It's just you don't want to tell people it's your favorite. And we just felt like people needed a more casual button to click to say that they liked the video. And so, as I said, everybody was copying everyone else, especially we were copying people. And there was that site, dig.com. And dig was really special because they came up with a way to give feedback on user-submitted content. And not only that, but they did it in an elegant, brilliant way. I don't know if they were aware how brilliant it was, but looking back, it was genius because for a long time, everybody thought that feedback would be rated on a scale of one to 10 or even thumbs up, thumbs down. You don't need a negative. You don't need a spectrum. All you need is a binary yes or no. The user was into this or not. And it's very native to the web because liking can be thought of as linking. If you have a personal website, you want to link to other sites that you think are cool. It's the basic unit of currency on the old web is linking to something. You don't need to link to the things you dislike to say this website sucks, don't go to it. Similarly, 
you don't need to look at how many people dislike a video. You can simply look at how many of them said they liked it and assume the rest either disliked it or didn't care. And so you get a really nice number, Rotten Tomatoes style. People submit a URL to dig. And then before you know it, 263 people clicked the dig button, upvoted it. And um, now we know this is a pretty good signal indicating that this link might be interesting to other people. And so we did that on Vimeo. We put something on Vimeo and we called it digs. <laughs> Dig.com was spelled with two Gs. I programmed dig with one G because it was lowercase generic term. And now suddenly people could dig their videos on Vimeo. Even for a time we had favoriting and digs at the same time. It was kind of confusing. And then the guys who were working on Vimeo with me at the time, which was my co-founder, Zach Klein, and then also two of the college humor guys, Kanal Shah and Andrew Pyle. And I remember at one point we were in the office and they were all kind of like, ugh, dig is not the word. It's just corny is what it is. And it was also confusing because it was like, oh, this is called dig on Vimeo. Are they using the dig API? Like digging is a thing. So I remember the exact moment I was like, okay, if we're not going to call it dig, what are we going to call it? And Zach goes, how about like? And I'm thinking, okay, there's no possible way I can argue with that. <laughs> it was so, so instantly clear. And if you look at the language here, it was really actually important to have it called like. Obviously, love is going to be some sort of loaded concept. And dig was corny. And favorite was too heavy. Facebook, it took them years to realize that they shouldn't call it the awesome button. They finally called it the like button too. The thing is, once you hear the like button, how many likes did it get? It's a verb, it's a noun, you can accumulate them. And then suddenly it's an incredibly valuable signal because you go from having this vast library of consumable videos to having an index that tells you how many people liked it. And then you can start doing fancy stuff such as giving people an algorithmic feed of video selections based on what they have liked in the past. So for every time you loaded the homepage of Vimeo, it would do 50,000 database queries. <laughs> so for example, it would say like, oh, well, you've tended to like videos in the past that this guy liked before you even saw them. So he's sort of a tastemaker for you. So we're going to show you more stuff that he's already liked. Or this is your sister and you always like everything she posts. So we're going to show you her stuff. And once you implement a like button, it's almost impossible not to start doing some sort of algorithmic recommendation system because you have this incredibly rich signal that helps you understand taste and make sense of taste in the context of the database that is running the whole operation. And we watched likes go from Vimeo to FriendFeed to Tumblr, to Facebook. It took Twitter 10 years, but I gotta say, I mean, I don't feel guilty about it, but it's like Kanye West said, I don't even like likes. <laughs> And I don't like them either. I mean, they have their place. There needs to be a feedback mechanism. Once you can measure something, you can manage it. You start optimizing towards it. I would find myself sitting there thinking about how to release something in a way where it got more likes, where that wasn't supposed to be the driver. It was supposed to be do what you love. And then as an after effect, see how impactful it was and how much people resonated with it. Okay, what happens after that? Well, we look at those numbers and then we think about them and we start thinking, oh, well, the videos where I have a girl in it gets more likes than the ones with the guy. So I'll start with more girls or, you know, the ones that are two minutes get more likes than the ones that are eight minutes. So even though I really had an eight minute video I wanted to make, a lot more people are going to like it if I get two. So, I mean, in a way it destroyed society, but also you could really argue that about the internet as a whole. I don't think likes were specifically used to screw people up until Zuck got a hold of it. 
I mean, Facebook is just this blob that it's remarkable how little innovations came from Facebook. I mean, if you can name a few, I'd love to hear them. But my understanding of the history of Facebook is they've more or less simply just gotten more users and then absorbed whatever everyone else was doing and kept the features that worked. But I think Mark Zuckerberg, if not a billion dollars, he owes me at least 30 hour-long back rubs for giving him this invention that allowed him to monetize and addict all these people. If I could go back and not have invented the like button, sure. But I think eventually someone else would have come up with it. It's just one of those things where the path of least resistance and human desires leads to experimentation that produces a form that once cast you can't uninvent it. There's no alternative. It's in the ethos and the incentives of internet business. There's going to be a frictionless binary way to indicate that you're connected to something in a favorable way. And it's going to be the most simple, versatile word. And it's it's going to be like, and that was it. Will it be around forever? Probably not. I think there'll be other ways we discover stuff. You might not see how many likes someone's post got, but you're going to see some number on any content platform that tells you what the other users thought of it. And generally, it's more useful to see which percentage of people thought it was favorable than to take their sort of arbitrary five-star rating and average them all. <laughs> so uh, so I got to ask, those 30 back rubs that Mark Zuckerberg owes you, do you expect him to give them to you himself or does he just need to pay a masseuse to do it? I kind of go back and forth on that because I want him to do the work and I want him to really think about me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean, if if Mark's going to pay me back for creating the like button, I would appreciate him using his vast resources to find, I'd say, two of the world's greatest masseuses and have them fly to me here in New Zealand deal with all the immigration paperwork. I've never even done this for myself. I, I love getting massages, but I've never had two people doing it at once. I've heard that that's like the greatest. So yeah, I mean, I may not have made billions of dollars off of it, but I would love a nice massage just to be appreciated. <laughs> has, has Mark Zuckerberg ever given anyone credit for inventing anything? I don't really know, but but if I ever get him on the show, I'll be sure to pass along your request. Uh, I'm sure that'll go over really well. 